How's it going, everybody? Thank you for taking your time out to listen to this Connect Point. Whether you're watching us online or listening on a podcast, we just want to say that we appreciate you uh, listening to what we have to say. For those of you who have followed Project 39 for a while now, or you've heard about Project 39, you're wondering exactly what that is. Project 39 is a ministry of Greater Bakersfield's First Pentecostal Church, Pastor Kevin Bradford, and our vision, our goal is to extend and to expand what's already been established there at the home church over 75 years of apostolic revival and uh, expand that into a new area of our city. So what we've done is we've signed up 30 to 35 amazing people onto a launch team going to a new area and help facilitate something from the ground up. We're going to do events. We're going to make connections we're going to get contacts we're going to teach bible studies we're going to build relationships and uh, in god's timing we will establish an apostolic church in a new area at which time project 39 will go on to another area repeat the process and hopefully uh, you know our prayers are that in several years there'll be a few churches established because of the effort and the vision of project 39 um, but while we're talking about going into a new area and starting something from the ground up, we wanted to bring somebody on tonight who went into an area, started something from the ground up. There wasn't a lot of hype. It was a lot of hard work and commitment. And that was Pastor Raymond Jackson from Compton, California. Pastor Raymond Jackson, how are you? I'm doing well, Brother Cosme. Excited to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, thank you for, for helping us out tonight. Uh, the reason we've asked Brother Jackson to come is because Project 39 is about starting something organically, letting it unfold in God's timing. And I believe that this church's testimony of God's faithfulness and how it all unfolded is going to be a blessing and encouragement to everything we're trying to accomplish with Project 39. Uh, but before we get into all of that in the church, I, I just want Brother Jackson, if you would, to take a little bit of time and tell us about your background. Tell us about how you first came to know the Lord. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I do want to say how much we love and appreciate uh, Pastor Bradford and his family and, and Bishop Frost. Love and honor uh, the bishop as well. But Brother Cosme, I, I really, and I say this uh, gratefully, that, that I am truly uh, a testimony of God's grace and, and God's mercy. And surely a testimony that God is no respecter of person uh, coming from where I come from and, and, and just the background that I, that I have. Uh, statistics say that uh, most young people, most most people that come from my background, they they uh, either end up in prison or in jail. But God's been good to me. Uh, I was raised up in a, in a small town uh, called Texarkana. Uh, this was a it was a town that uh, about about thirty to forty five thousand people. But we were heavily influenced uh, by the gangs and the drugs and the lifestyle uh, from Compton. Uh, we we um, uh, kind of mirrored Compton, and, and there was a there was many. Uh, uh, people that lived in Texarkana that that lived in Compton and, and came uh, to live in Texarkana by reason of running from the law or or other other reasons uh, and so so I was I was an 80s baby and so I grew up right there uh, at the uh, in, in the time where there was a well the epidemic of the crack cocaine was just coming on the scene and, and pretty 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 prevalent and so uh, my brothers were all heavily involved in, in that lifestyle and the gangs and the drugs. And so there was, there was a lot of things that I experienced and I seen as a, as a young child and growing up uh, that, that should have affected me in, in such a way to where uh, I would, I wouldn't, there wouldn't be any hope, but God has been good to me. 
it's really neat how God unfolded unfolded the roles for me to to be here today and how he he kept his hand upon me through through the process and, and brought me and, and saved my soul I had a brother uh, who was uh, heavily involved in, in in the gangs and and the drugs and and this brother of mine he he did something that that really looking back now it was it was the hand of God and the mercy of God for my family uh, my brother he sold drugs to an undercover police officer and so uh, this police officer of course arrested him and, and took him to prison and and while my brother was in prison he began to have bible studies and, and people began to talk to him uh, there was a church that was coming and I began to talk to him about uh, Acts 238 and the repentance and and feeling the Holy Ghost and all these things that he had never heard. And it gave him hope, you know, talked about having a, a new life and how God could change him and just giving him hope to do better. And I can remember why he was locked up and they gave him a 10 year sentence. Now, while he was locked up, you know, we could see the change that, that was beginning to uh, be displayed in my brother. Of course, it's jailhouse talk. You know, we're thinking, oh, when he come back out, he's just gonna be who he is. This is who we are. Um, but my brother, he, sure enough, he, he got out and he didn't go back to the streets. He, he found an apostolic church and he started going to church. Well, around this time, I was a young person. And at that time, I, I guess it was a sweet spot for me because at, at that time growing up, I was really good in sports. And so it was kind of like, like a sweet spot because I could go to school. Uh, the coaches loved me. Uh, the school loved me. I was popular because I was good in sports, uh, but then I could leave school and I could walk through the neighborhoods and, and I had the respect of the community, uh, of the neighborhood because of, of the reputation that my brothers had. And so a, as a young person growing up, I, I was in a, in a nice little sweet spot here. And I thought, man, everything's going my way. I'm young, I, I'm, 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 I'm good in sports. The coaches are, are loving me. At that time, I, I even had universities that, that had already uh, was looking at me. And so I, I would leave there and, and go out and leave that school. And then I had the, the respect uh, of, of, the, of the hood, of the, of the neighborhood that we was a part of because of my brothers and, and what they'd done. And so here my brother is, he's getting out of prison and all, all this is going on. And, and um, he is trying to get us to come to church and he's inviting us to church. And there's a drastic change in him, brother. He, he went and got a job. You know, this is, a, this is someone that would make thousands of dollars uh, a night. And this is someone that had all kinds of cars and the, you know, the nicest clothes. And he went and got a job and just completely changed his life. And, and of course we were thinking, this, this guy's crazy. But he just kept on working and kept on trying to get me to <clears throat> come to church and, and letting me know that, that God had a plan for my life. And I'll never forget it. As a teenager, I was about 15, I went to church with him uh, on New Year's Eve. And I went to the service and, and there these, these people were, they were praying and crying and just being sincere, something I never felt before. And I'm, I'm looking around and and after prayer service, uh, the song service starts and they're, they're, they're worshiping God in sincerity. I mean, they're clapping and, and leaping for joy, brothers. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking these folks are crazy. But, but at, the, at the time, it was something I never felt. You know, I, I knew what it felt like to be a part of the world 
but just just going into this little church and, and seeing what I was seeing and feeling what I was feeling, it, it was it was something that I'd never experienced before. And I can remember after the preaching, here I was, first service uh, after the preaching, uh, the altar call uh, is, has has been made, and my brother is inviting me to go up there, and I just I just go up there and I begin to pray, and and just try to talk to God in, in the best way that I know how. And, and I begin to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I don't know why, but I just begin to repent. And, and, and my brother was there and he was beginning to coach me and tell me how God loves me and just ask for forgiveness. And somewhere between that and, and hours later, uh, God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And here I was just a young person, not knowing anything about God and just being sincere. And I'll never forget that night, New Year's Eve. 1998, God filled me with the Holy Ghost and completely changed uh, my life. And, and, and so here I, here I was uh, searching and, and thinking I had everything together, but I'm telling you, brother, uh, feeling what I felt that night and, and receiving God's spirit, it was something that nothing could be compared to. It completely changed me uh, and, and it put me on, on a track uh, of success. And so me, uh, supposing to be a statistic, someone that people would say, there's no hope, he's gonna end up in prison or in jail. God turned my life around. And, and as a young teenager, I began to serve God and to live for God all by myself. And, and um, I, I was at home, my brother moved out. I'm, I'm at a home where, where there is no, no, nobody there but me and my family uh, that's in the world and doing their thing. Uh, but God just kept me and, and changed me. And it was evident. Everybody seen it. They knew it. And it's a testimony that I'm very, very grateful for. Amen. So you got into church, you started living for God. And then at what point did you start feeling a call to the ministry? And what did that look like for you? Well, I, 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 I was, I, I preached my first message at the age of 17 but when i got in church for the cause of me i i really i really had to get in church there was so much that was pulling at me as a teenager as a young person from for me i knew that i knew that what i got was real and so i wanted to get as much of it as i possibly could and so uh, living in in the, in the atmosphere that i lived in uh, surrounded by the influences that i was surrounded by I really had to to develop a walk with God and and, and a relationship with God, and in the process of doing that, I'll, I'll never <clears throat> never forget the night that it happened. Uh, I remember God spoke; He spoke to me uh, through me, and and it was something that was it, it was amazing. I I'd seen it in church. Uh, I I'd heard someone give interpretations, but but that had never happened to me, and I'll, I'll never forget that night as a young teenager that God spoke to me in my room and began to tell me how he loved me and how he wanted to use me. And, and that stuck with me. And I, I felt that call of God, but, but it didn't, it didn't stop there. It's kind of like David, you know, he got anointed and then he went back to the, to the, to the uh, sheepfold. Uh, I, I can remember going to church and, and just getting behind my man of God on the front pew, just preaching with the preacher. And I felt the call of God. I, I felt like God was calling me to the ministry. But I, I remember catching my pastor in his office and I went in there and I'm, I'm fired up and I'm a young person, I'm fired for God, nothing's going to stop me, uh, you know, and, and so I go in there and I sit down and I'm, I'm telling the pastor, you know, I, I feel like God's calling me to the ministry, pastor, I feel like God, God's calling me to be a preacher. 
And uh, he looked at me with a smile and he goes, well, God hadn't told me that just yet. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I know I'm praying. Um, man, I heard from God. And he's like, well, God hadn't told me that just yet. But he began to break down to me. Uh, and really what he was doing is I believe he, he, he knew that God had called me, but he was wanting to help me. And there was a lot that I didn't understand at the time. And so he began to explain to me that there are so many different areas of ministry uh, besides preaching and, and that God really, really uh, was looking for people that was willing to be a vessel that he could use in any way, form or fashion. And so he began to talk to me about being a help and he began to tell me what a help was. He said, you know, maybe maybe God's calling you to be a help to the ministry. And and what this, what this help uh, is, is it someone that supports the work of God someone that's consistent, someone that is involved in the work of God, someone that's dependable, uh, someone that's just willing to do whatever it takes to, to see God work and God move and, and to see lives changed. And so when my pastor began to talk to me about being a help to the ministry, there was something that I was willing to do uh, because I knew God was taking me somewhere and I knew the experience that I had had in my room was, was real. Uh, and so he began to give me little tasks and, and things of that nature. And I began to uh, slowly evolve. And, and I'll never forget, brother, I'll, I'll never forget the day that God, uh, that, my, that my pastor came to me and he goes, hey, I want you to preach Friday night. And I'm like, I'm preaching, you know, I'm pumped up about preaching. Uh, finally, after all of this, brother, it finally happened. And so, uh, for two weeks, I'm studying, I'm praying, and I'm fasting for that 15-minute message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you know, I, I, I was, I was sincere about it, and I knew that this was, this is what God had, had, had placed in my heart and in my spirit. And from there, uh, I just began to grow. I began to uh, apply the Word of God, apply preaching, and God began to lead me. And eventually, I was preaching on Sundays and Wednesdays and special services. Uh, but that's kind of kind of how I, I began to, to preach, and that's how I started out in the ministry. Amen. So you started out in the ministry, and you're starting to preach. At what point did you feel a drawing to start a church, to go somewhere and plant a church? And how did it how did it end up being Compton? So uh, this is this is probably unique uh, for most, but for me, man, it's 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 just like God. God is he's just amazing. So so for me. Uh, but just a background here. So Compton, Compton was like our Mecca. So the, the neighborhood that we were, uh, we were in uh, uh, and what we're a part of was heavily influenced by Compton. So every, everything we'd done, it was, it had, it, had a, it was, it was Tamira Compton. And so that was a place that we all wanted to go. We all wanted to go to Compton. We all wanted to, uh, even, even as a, as a young person, my brother, he really, they really guarded me. And, and really kept me uh, uh, away from a lot of the gang and drug lifestyle and, and pushed me towards the sports, but I was still influenced by it because that was all I was around. And so Compton was like the place to go. Uh, and so, so coming to God and, and, and being called to the ministry, it's like that, that desire to go to Compton didn't change. It's just the, it's just the, the things that, that, that I wanted to do when I went to Compton changed. It's like, and I, I remember, uh, just having that burden to go to Compton and, and to start a church. Brother, I'm telling you, from the moment that, that God called me to the ministry, it's like I knew that God was going to send me to Compton, and, and God was just building and making the man uh, to the point to where when I got married, I, I told my wife, I said, babe, 
God is going to send us the company. She looked at me, she said, why? Why would God send you all the way there when there's already churches? There ain't no way, you're crazy. And I was like, hey, I'm telling you, God is going to send us to company. And so at, at, at a young age, it was just a burden a place in my heart uh, for that city. It was, it, was, it was always a place where I knew uh, eventually that God would take us. And so uh, with that in mind, everything I did, it, it, was, it, was, um, it was tinted uh, by, uh, by the thought that, you know what, I know that God is preparing me to send me to come. Wow. So at, at, as a young age. Wow. So then from Texarkana, how did you actually end up landing in the city of Compton? So, so, so here, I, here I was. I was, I was, I was there at the, at the local church, and and uh, I was preaching out, and and just uh, God was using me in the ministry and, and certain uh, aspects and, and areas, and I began to grow, and my ministry began to uh, be elevated in the positions in the church, Sunday school director and youth leader, and and then uh, eventually uh, preached out quite a bit, but but God was just preparing me. It, it was amazing the way that God was just. Uh, putting everything in place uh, to send us to Compton. This is this is the ultimate, uh, the perfect will of God. Just looking back at how everything kind of lined up, and so uh, in the process of doing all this and and and, and preaching and being very active in the ministry, uh, my pastor called me in the office, and he began to tell me about a friend of ours that were in Oregon, and he was a home missions church, and he was very sick, and he began to to uh, let us know that. They wouldn't hear if he was going to make it or not. And so he wanted to send me and my wife there uh, to, to watch the church and uh, potentially whatever God wanted to do. He just wanted us there. Um, but now looking back, we know that it was God preparing us for Compton. And so Brother Cosme, we left everything. We left our home, our family, friends, and we moved to a place that we didn't know anything about uh, to help our friend uh, that was pastoring there in Oregon. And while we were there, he was very sick. He needed a liver transplant. And so he was, a uh, majority of the time, he wasn't even in church. And so uh, this was a small home missions church. And so we had to do everything. We, we, we did visitation. We drove to Sunday school, bus, preached, teached, uh, whatever uh, we had to do. Besides working a full-time job, God gave me a job uh, as soon as I moved there. Just, just kind of a testimony of how God was orchestrating everything. And so we were there and we really got, we really got the experience of, of home missions one-on-one, uh, going out and, and, and working in the community and, and trying to help the church stay afloat. And we got some really valuable uh, experiences and God really used, used us and used that experience to help us to grow uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the areas that we needed to grow when it comes to starting a church. And so we were there for about two years uh, helping, helping the pastor, and thankfully, uh, it was a miracle from God. But, uh, he got a liver. We had, we had, we had already put him in the hospital. They didn't give him very long to live, and thank God by by just a by just a miracle from God, he got a liver. And so we were there for uh, a short time as he recovered and got his strength back. But all the while, we were praying. He was praying. We were praying for the will of God in the direction, but we knew it was Compton. And so through all of this, through, through preaching and, and ministry and, and in my, my, my home church in Arkansas and, and moving to Oregon, 
uh, through all of this, Compton was still at the heart and at the center uh, of our of our of our thinking and, and in the direction that God was taking us. And so here we are in Oregon, and things are, are winding down. We can feel it; He can feel it. And so we begin to to pray and, and seek God. At that time, we were God really opened some doors for us, and and the men in that area really uh, we really connected with them. And so uh, we was we was preaching out uh, quite a bit. And so it was it was it was something that we really had to pray and consider um, whether we wanted to evangelize or, or, or start a church but but it just didn't feel right we, we, we thought about it and, and things looked good looks like we, we would have stayed busy but it just wasn't the will of God something was just it was just an overwhelming burden for us and so um, we, we talked to our elders and counsel uh, to counsel with from the man of God and said you know what we're gonna move we're gonna move to California whether we had only been, uh, my wife had never been. I had been there once, never been to Compton. And so I'm telling my wife, you know, we're going to move to Compton. God's going to bless us. He's going to, we're going to get a church there. And, and so uh, we feel good about it. And, and things are, rather, things are unfolding. I, I got to transfer with my job. And so I, I don't think my wife would ever do this again, right? But, but uh, in the, while, while, when we was just about to move, we're looking for homes and trying to find a place. And it was a culture shock. I mean, just the prices, bro. It was unreal. I'm used to, you know, I, I still own my home in Arkansas. I paid 28000 for it, right? So, <laughs> so, I'm thinking, so, so I'm thinking I can sell my home and buy a home in California. It's just going to work out until we begin to look at the pricing. And, and so I had already submitted, I'd already submitted uh, my, my job transfer. So there was no turning back. They had already gave me a position in los angeles and so what i did was i sent my wife brother so my wife my wife goes to uh los angeles she's never been there before we still haven't found a place to stay she's living in a motel a uh, hotel uh, for two weeks while i, I wrap things up it, it was just unreal it, it's, it's something that looking back it's like my goodness who would do that right and so my wife is there she's pregnant with my daughter uh, she has my my two children. Thankfully, uh, there was some good men there that, that helped us and allowed us to uh, have a place to land. But she's living out of this uh, hotel while I get things wrapped up. And and once I got things wrapped up, I drive to Los Angeles. Um, uh, in the process of coming there, we get a place to stay. God opened that door. And so now things are starting to unfold. Uh, we, we get the company. Uh, we we get we 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 get to LA and we get established. We 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 get us a place to stay, and and so now it's just about doing the will of God. And, and can I tell you, brother, it's like it's like God led us all the way here, but there was so much that we just he just he just kept from us. Uh, it was just a, it was just a culture shock. But but all in all, God God led us here, got us to Compton. And uh, we hit the ground not knowing anything, uh, but but we we had some friends that that kind of knew the area, and so um, they was able to kind of uh, take us around, and, and so we just prayed and, and drove around the city and, and found a good landing place. It was a park. We, we were still trying to uh, transition, so we didn't think we didn't even think about a building or anything of that nature. We just wanted to be led by God, and so we started uh, having Sunday school in the park. And so that was kind of the beginnings of, of Compton Family Center. 
So you started out just doing something in the park, and then how did things unfold from there, from starting in the park to actually establishing a church? What did that transition look like? So uh, a lot of work. <laughs> so so, so it, it, it was amazing, uh, brother, how God just orchestrated the whole thing. So again, here we are in a city that we've never been to, don't know anybody in this city. And so we begin to go there on Sunday evenings uh, and have Sunday school. We're knocking doors, we're, we're connecting with the community, uh, trying to get them to send their kids to, to the park, uh, that, the apartments that surround this, this park. Uh, and, and so uh, just being consistent, just being consistent and just showing them that we're, we're here to stay. You know, there were times we went and, and nobody showed up, but they seen us, they knew who we were. And eventually uh, with, that, with that consistency and just uh, them seeing us week after week, you know, on Saturdays, knocking doors and, and com connecting with the community, uh, they begin to, to know us and we begin to know them. And they begin to allow their kids to come over and on special uh, events, you know, we would have candy rings and just whatever we could do to, to connect with the community, uh, we, we begin to do it. And, and so it, it, it evolved, you know, it, it wasn't a, a church at first. We, we knew that this was the will of God. And, and just after seeing uh, just the cost of living and the process, there was just no way that we could even afford to build it. At this time, we're in the park, brother. We have no way of affording to build it. I mean, just, we're just trusting God. I know that this is the will of God. I know that God has called us here. And so we're just building relationships. We're just, we're just having events. We're just having Sunday school in the park. And in the process of doing all of that, there was this lady's uh, shelter. Um, uh, it was a shelter slash rehab uh, for women that, that was um, uh, addicted to drugs and they're trying to get off. And instead of the, the judge taking their children, he allowed their children to stay with them. And so come to find out a lot of the kids that were coming over and being a part of our Sunday school actually uh, had their parents across the street in that, in that rehab uh, home, uh, shelter. And so uh, working there, it, it was, we was there for around a year and a half. It, it wasn't a, a quick uh, here for a couple months and we get a building. We, we literally was in the park for about a year and a half uh, just teaching Sunday school connecting with the community. They knew where we were. They knew where we was going to be. And, and just, man, I tell you, it was, it was such an amazing uh, time in our life. The testimonies of, of being there. I can remember uh, going there one time, brother. And this park was known for drugs and for gangs and, and just for a lot of uh, crazy stuff. And, and so there was just, there's just one awning in that park. And we would go and we would put up signs, Sunday school at two o'clock. And I can remember uh, sending my wife there one time and, and she pulls up and it's, it's two 30 and she's, uh, she's like, babe, she said, there, there's no way, there's no way that we can have Sunday school here today. And I'm, I'm like, what, what do you mean? She goes, listen, there, there's been a gang fight, helicopters over, they're, they're fighting, they're still out here. And, and it's just crazy. It's just too dangerous. And so uh, she's sitting in the car. I, I get there. This is a testimony. I get there and, Sure enough, they're still, they're underneath the awning. Well, we have Sunday school. There's a group of guys there. Uh, the police has pretty much dispersed everyone else. Uh, helicopter's gone. But I get there, I walk over, and, and these guys are looking at me, and I, I walk over, and I got this big smile. And I, I say, hey, hey, you guys are going to stay for service? And, and the guy looked at me, he's like, 
service. What, what service? And so I began to point to the, the flyers that were on the awning. And he said, man, I'm sorry. We didn't, we didn't see those flyers. He goes, you know, we're not going to stay for your service. He says, but we will be, we'll be watching. I'll be right over here uh, sitting on the bench. And, and so this group of guys, they, they sat there the whole time while we're having Sunday school. And we have these kids here and, and, and you can tell that they're game members and, and you can tell that they're shot callers. And so we're here uh, doing the work of God. And after it's all said and done, uh, one, of the, one of the guys came over and you could tell he was the, the main guy. And he looked at me and he said, hey, I just want you to know that we appreciate what you're doing in our community. He said, thank you for coming out here um, and, and doing what you're doing. He said, I, I really appreciate it. And, and we know who you are. And we just want you to know that you don't have to worry about anything in this part. And so, man, it was just such a testimony. It's like God was just working things out. And we had so many uh, situations like that. It was, it, it was really neat. But, but what, really, what really started to, to get things to rolling is that the director of, of the uh, ladies' rehab and shelter uh, uh, call, called me, the director, and she wanted me to come over, me and my wife, and start teaching a class, a, self, a self-help class. It was it was run by the government, so we couldn't teach a Bible study or anything like that. But she just heard so much about us. The kids loved us. Uh, we would go over and, and uh, to the park and do Christmas giveaways and back-to-school giveaways. And, and so they just she just loved us, and she appreciated what we'd done. And so she wanted to get to know us and, and to say, hey, you know, we have a slot open. Uh, would you mind coming over, you and your wife, and just talking to these ladies? And, man, it was just a door open. It, it was, I'm telling you, man, it was, it was the hand of God. And so uh, we got in there and we began to, to teach these ladies and, and connect with these kids and, and, and things are just, God is just opening the doors for us. And, and so we, we've done this for about a year and a half, uh, Brother Cosme. And you can feel, you can feel the shift uh, begin to change and, and you can feel God telling us, okay, it's time for a building. But, but again, you know, with finances and just, uh, just the cost of living and, and just trying to put it all together. It's, it's very, very difficult in, in, in the city of Los Angeles and it takes God. Uh, and so in the process of praying for a building, it's like, it's like God just put everything in order. We, we drove around the city, really couldn't find anything. And, and finally, you know, this storefront that I'm sitting in and in, in right now today, uh, I passed it a dozen times. And finally, I stopped. I seen it. There was, there was, it was a little little red sign in the, in the in the window that said for rent. And so, got the number off that sign. Called the man, the, the owner, and she met with with us. And she began to ask us, you know, what what we were doing, and what were our plans. And so I began to tell her, hey, I want to start a church here, and, and begin to tell her what we were already doing in the community and how how we were already uh, a big help to the community and making an impact uh, in the community. And so she began to share with me. She said, you know, that building's been vacant uh, for, for two years. She said, I've had so many people come to me and, and, and offer uh, uh, money to rent it, but I just never felt right uh, with, with, with their occupation and what they were wanting to, to rent it for. She said, I really wanted uh, and felt like uh, I wanted to rent this to someone that was going to connect with the community. And so... She looked at me and she said, I've been saving this building for you. This building is here and I've been saving it for you uh, and for this purpose. And so uh, right there, right then and there, God just opened the door and it was something that we could afford. And so after two years of, of, of having uh, 
uh, Sunday school in, in the park and connecting with the community. God gave us a building. And, and so uh, February uh, 21st, I think it was our opening service. It was, it was such an amazing service. Uh, so we got here and of course we had already been, been connecting with the community. And so we did this, this, this grand opening, uh, a meeting greet service. And, and it, it was just overwhelming for the cause of me to see the, the, the attendance, all the kids, all the parents from, from that, that home uh, shelter there. And then the kids from the park, of course, uh, uh, you know, this building is, is very small uh, in and of itself, but it was gem packed. We had people outside and, and it didn't stop there. That, that was the first meet and greet service that we had, but we still have people in our church today from that service. Wow. Uh, it was a miracle, man. It's like God just orchestrated everything. And so that was the beginning of Compton Family Center. So when you're transitioning into actually having church at a physical, physical location with service schedule and everything like that, what were some of the challenges for you uh, with starting a church actually with services in a building? Oh man, I think that, that one of the uh, one of the uh, the most challenging uh, situations for, for me and my wife, uh, coming from uh, a small town where uh, the culture is completely different and, and not as diverse as here, uh, the challenge that and of course God didn't He didn't show this to us, but you know you got to understand my 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 perception of Compton. Uh, was was the company of the 80s and the 90s, I and mean, the 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 demographics and company is, is completely different now, and so coming here, I had to to adjust and I had to to learn the culture, and so uh, anywhere anything you're doing, no one especially there's just a it's really unique here in this city, but I think it's like that in all cities and with all people. There's just not very many people that care about what you know until you show them how, how much you care. And so for us, it was just it was just uh, getting getting outside of our comfort zone and, and becoming all things to all men and, and reaching out to uh, the diverse culture that is here in the city of Compton and, and, and being able to connect with 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 uh, Hispanics and and different uh, cultures. And so I, I feel like that it was it was. It was that that challenge of connecting with, with with different people that had different views and just showing them that we love them and we care about them. Uh, I feel like that was probably the most difficult thing that we faced, uh, and 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 I know why because it was in working through that that, that God uh, gave us our first uh, couple of families. Our first families were Hispanics, bilingual, and so I, I think that. God helped us to to master that challenge of culture so that we can be effective in the city. Amen. So now, looking back, you've started the church. You've been there for five years now. You're coming up on your five-year anniversary service. Yes. As, as a pastor with a family, your wife, your two boys, your daughters, um, one of the founding principles of Project 39 is that your family is your first evangelistic focus. Your family is your first flock. So with everything you've done in Compton for the last five years, what are some things you've had to do to blend and to work together with your family, you know, keeping your focus on your family while also keeping things going with the church and all that that takes all of your commitment to the church? Oh, man. Well, uh, of course, 
you all you know this, but the, the work of God and, and family, it can be it can be a challenge at, at times to, to keep everything to keep everything uh, in order and have a, have a structure. Of course, with us, I, I, I feel strongly about about being the priest of my home. And, and, and I feel like that if, if I can't uh, rule my family well, there's no way that I can rule uh, the house of God. And so coming into this, this was like a, a staple. It was like a principle that we had to, to make sure that it was set in place and it was going to be there and it was going to be consistent. And, and, and when I say rule the home, I don't mean rule with an iron fist. I feel like, I feel like uh, when, what the Bible is talking about there is just having camaraderie and, and just having that, that, that connection and, and that, that harmony in, in the home. And so, and that comes with, with being consistent with spending time with one another. And so for us, the work of God can be also overwhelming. Um, there's just so much to do. And, and really we have so little time to do it. It's just, the Bible even tells us, you know, you have to work with urgency, but, but with us, uh, it, was, it was taking that day to just disconnect and to focus on family. And, and you know, there's, there's, the church is our life. I mean, we, we're here and we were here all the time. We, we, we was always around the people, always trying to teach Bible studies and, and do something here in the church. But we had to uh, solidify that time that we had together because you, you just, you'll never know how much it's, you're giving uh, until it begins to affect your family. And so uh, we, we really had to make sure that we, we, we kept that staple of family time uh, in the midst of our schedule, our weekly schedule. And it it's, can be difficult at times because there's people that need you, there's, there's things that need to be done. Um, but, but with us, it was, it was something that was not negotiable. Uh, uh, the Bible talks about a man uh, uh, you know, keeping his family first and ruling his home well. And so with us, it was just a staple from the moment we got here. You know, that, that was my first church. When we went to the park, it was my family. When, when there was nobody else, it was my family. And so as God began to, to uh, uh, bring growth and bring people, uh, we, can't, we can't lose sight of, of, of that family. You know, those, those are the ones that was there with you from the beginning. And that's how God designed it and how he created it. And, and so we, we just try to commit uh, and to make sure and to be conscientious of, of, of having that family time. Amen. Um, so we're going to end with what we started with, and that's just the vision and the goal of Project 39, which is to take what's been established and to extend that into other areas. Uh, we have a launch team of about 30 to 35 amazing people from First Pentecostal Church of Bakersfield who have signed up to help us plant a flag. Uh, in other areas right now we're focused on southwest bakersfield and we're going to go on in jesus name uh, several times forward into new areas but as somebody with the experience that you have who has now been in a city for five years you've done the work the hard work and the commitment needed to get something started uh, what are some of your thoughts and ideas and what what are some of the things that you could share uh, as an encouragement to those people who have signed up to be a part of Project 39, what kind of input could you give to us to encourage us and to just give us some advice about what we're doing? Brother, I am, I am so excited and, 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 and just uh, happy uh, for Project 39. I believe and just, and just the, the vision that, that, and, and the goal 
and the, the foundation, the foundational principles that Project 39 has, I, I believe it's biblical. I, I believe just looking at, at, at your vision and, and what uh, Project 39 will, will entail and what it will do, I feel like it's, it's biblical. I feel like it is something that was from the very beginning. You're taking something that's already established and you're going out and you're, and you're creating, you're building, um, and you're, you're, you're making uh, with that that's already established. And I think that this is something that we can go all the way back to Genesis and, and see uh, the same principle uh, in, a, in effect in Genesis where when God, the God of heaven, God, the God of glory, he could have easily wiped out everything and just completely started over, brother. Um, the Bible tells us that he preserved that which was already established. And so he took that that was established and he used that that was established after, after the flood to go out and replenish and to rebuild in places that had no life. And so when I, when I look at Project 39, I can't help but to rejoice. And, and I want to commend each and every one of you that, that signed up, those that signed up to be a part of Project 39. Uh, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're signing up for the will of God. This is, this is a biblical concept. And uh, I just want to encourage you to stay focused and stay connected and to stay involved because what you're doing, it's not an idea, but this is a biblical concept that's been proven. It, it's, it has the approval of God. And, and, and let me tell you, uh, those that sacrificed, those that stood up and said, hey, I'm willing to be a part of, of something that's already established and go out and establish something uh, for the greater cause and for the glory of God. It, it's something that God will remember and you'll be blessed for. And so I wanna leave you with this. Uh, there, is, there is no greater reward. And I know this is gonna sound weird, but there is no greater reward than sacrifice. And, and when you sacrifice for, for God and for the kingdom of God, God, his hand is not short and you'll definitely be rewarded. So I wanna encourage you to, to, to know that what you're doing and, and your burden and your desire to be a help in Project 39, it's biblical and it's, it's a sure way to be blessed by God. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Jackson, for taking the time out. Uh, Pastor Jackson and Compton Family Center are having their five-year anniversary services on March 19th and 20th, and we're excited to have our own pastor. Uh, pastor Kevin Bradford will be speaking on Saturday. We're going to be taking a group of uh, uh, musicians up there. We're going to do a big service. We're really, really excited about that. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow and stay updated about what's going on with Compton Family Center, you can follow them on Instagram at Compton Family Center. If there's anybody that would like to support Compton Family Center and all the that they're doing i'm going to put a link in the description there's also a link for online giving on their instagram and i just want to commend pastor jackson for all of his hard work and everything that he's put forward with him and his family to have a church in compton we're excited about revival in compton we're excited about revival across the city of bakersfield and we're excited about revival all across the world thank you so much for tuning into this connect point we pray that this has been a blessing to you